Hello, and welcome to another episode of Not If I Reboot You First. It's a podcast where we take popular properties and reboot them before Hollywood has a chance to. It's kind of like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Tanner, and I use they-them pronouns. I'm Lindsay, and I use she-her pronouns. And with us today is a very special guest. Uh, she is the dame in charge of Down to Friend, and I'm lucky enough to call her a friend now as well. It's Janine. Hey, everybody. It's me, Janine. You know, from the other podcast. <laughs> the only other podcast out there. Exactly. There's only two, and you yep. are required to subscribe to us. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that I'm definitely not prepared right now. It's completely... <laughs> I mean, like, I had a few things because there was one show I had in mind that I thought about rebooting. And I was kind of, like, stuck and obsessed on it for, like, a little bit back to the to the same time. Like, it brought me back to, like, when I was watching it as it was airing. And uh, it got me so wrapped up into it. I was almost, like, writing fan fiction on it just the week up leading up to this. And um, it put me in a very weird spot because it's like I am completely too much um, going off of memory and not actually like looking at all of this. So I was like, okay, what if I tried to watch the entire series in one night? And that oh no, and that was impossible. And then I was like, do I really want to reboot this then? Because it looks like it's something that I'm like definitely maybe a little bit too protective over. So. I thought to myself, well, my hint was that uh, it was a Canadian cartoon. Which is right <laughs> down our alley. Yeah. So I was like, why don't I keep with that and try to find something else that fits in there that desperately needs to get rebooted. Okay. So um, that kind of led me on a little bit of a journey. And that journey took me way way back in the 1980s Ooh. Yeah. oh wow where secret government employees dug up famous guys and ladies and made amusing genetic copies now the clones are sexy teens now they're gonna make it if they try loving learning sharing judging a time to laugh shiver and cry it's time to reboot clone high <laughs> oh excellent <laughs> oh wow <laughs> So the thing about this show is that sometimes attempts to reboot a thing just turns into gushing about the thing, and that works out perfectly, because the most I know about Clone High is that one YouTube video where I think it's Gandhi is trying to direct a movie, but then all the clips are set to the Evangelion theme. <laughs> oh, yeah. Clone High. Um, I... Did my parents let me watch this? I don't. I think this was actually one of those shows that my parents were like, "No, no." I mean, it's um, I didn't end up watching it until it was definitely inside of its cult status when I was having a summer fling during the first time I was in Austin, and uh, I guess couch surfing for a while. So I was just a bum, just sleeping on somebody's couch, and then they're just like, "Hey." watch this thing and you'll be a fan and like it didn't age well back then but looking at it now there's like a few things that, that i would i think 
could be enough to change it because the premise is just generally like this mad scientist created clones of these historical figures and now they're old enough to be in high school and the entire premise of it is that every single episode is a very special episode (laughs) (laughs) and um it goes into uh like things that are real, like the pressures of having sex, to things that are more tangentially things that, you know, might not necessarily get a special episode, but are still kind of important, like the dangers of uh, sleepy driving. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, the dangers of falling asleep by the, at the wheel and stuff, that's a legit danger, but like, does it ne- necessitate an entire special episode for it? Yeah, probably not. I don't know. I don't know where to begin with it. It's uh, let's see. It was created by Christopher Miller and Phil Lord and Bill Lawrence, uh, which I think Bill Lawrence had like a less to do with the um actual creation of it, more with the script writing and a lot of casting because a lot of things that um from Bill Lawrence like other projects ends up kind of like making appearances here uh the scrubs trio zach braff sarah chalk and donald Faison, all our voices on this oh wow cool other voices include just like past people have, have worked through bill lawrence's other projects as like small cameo things uh it's extremely weird but um it definitely was kind of like that parody of teen drama shows in the 90s <laughs> that played on the same network as those teen drama shows it was on at the same on the same channel and at the same time as the OC oh yeah cuz it's uh an MTV show yeah huh. it's it's super weird like that it probably was one of the last few uh cartoons that ended up uh being kind of like the the rebel animation of mtv uh, along with uh you know the likes of daria yeah can't remember where it was on in canada tanner was it on much or no i'm pretty sure it was on teletoon oh yeah teletoon had like a late night slot yeah because um up in canada our version of mtv is much and um they mostly just play music videos now but back in the day they used to have like they used to show like the OC and all those other teen drama shows along with um Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, an anime about a band trying to make it big in America. That's actually my favorite anime. Yeah. I mean it's it was super cool. It's kind of weird I think about it like ever dubbed because I did see it completely subbed and just like going through all of it, it just seems like a nightmare. I watched it dubbed for like a couple of episodes and I was like this doesn't translate too well i can't see it getting broadcasted but weird that it was well i think it helped that they got voice actors who could also sing definitely i mean that that's definitely got to be a requirement in there because it's it's not a musical as in terms of being you know a musical but it is a musically inclined show yeah so anyway clone high clone high now, um, the best thing about the clones has been always about... You know what? I think also I should probably just mention that Clone High did get a little bit of a shout-out in the Into the Spider-Verse movie. Oh. Uh, when 
Gwen Stacy ends up coming through into Miles' universe, there is a billboard for Clone College, a movie. <laughs> a movie <laughs> spinoff that features uh, both Abraham Lincoln and JFK, um, probably as, uh, you know, the movie focusing on both of them inside of college as they graduated with the tagline i do believe was they're not high anymore (laughs) (laughs) i'm just looking on the wikipedia page for it and the very first thing i landed on was the controversial depiction of gandhi prompted hundreds in india to mount a hunger strike (laughs) (laughs) i like that it wasn't like a big protest it was just a couple hundred people well yeah, but yeah, still. it's still like uh, was it was a big enough uh, thing where um, Indian people came actually, I think to I think it was the Viacom studios to protest it. And the president of it, like, was not able to enter or leave the building. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Like it was that bad. So they were like, you know what? Let's just take it off the air because it's like yeah. not getting a lot of good ratings. It's like just too much trouble than what it's worth. So uh, the last five episodes aren't even aired on it. I think by the last episode, uh, episode 13, they knew it was going to, you know, not get renewed. So in the very last episode, in episode 13, they put everybody inside of a freezer and literally put the series on ice. (laughs) (laughs) While the abandoned pools, the people who made the theme song, literally play them out. Nice. Like the Titanic. (laughs) So uh, they said if they ever brought it back, they would begin it from that exact moment where everybody did get frozen. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, that does bring into question, what do you do about Gandhi? Uh, I I mean, I don't know necessarily how bad, air quotes, bad his depiction would have been in there to prompt a hunger strike. It's entirely possible that the viewers wouldn't mind it as much these days, maybe. That is possible, but it was the image of Gandhi um, being used for this character who is a clone of Gandhi who feels so pressured to follow in Gandhi's footsteps that he rebels against it and then like literally just becomes this class clown party animal using phrases like, if there's anything that Mahatma Gandhi stands for, it's revenge. (laughs) It's, you know, completely innocuous to us because we just know it in the whole historical standpoint. But, like, that's it's still, like, um, despite the fact that he was not the perfect figure, um, he was um, a very revered figure for his work. So there was plans on either, like, cutting him out with no explanation or revealing that he wasn't exactly the clone of Gandhi, but instead Gary Coleman. <laughs> And I feel like that's a little bit funny, but, like, it also kind of, like, definitely um, brings on the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s humor of kicking Gary Coleman, which was popular for some reason. Like, I don't know. Like, there's there's a kicking around certain people, but if you just, like, target someone that much, it's like you're, you're, you're effectively making sure that this old and aging actor you know yeah it might be better just to do the whole put on a bus thing i know he went to college somewhere else oops we forgot to dethaw him (laughs) or maybe it would turn out he was a clone of somebody else who was like 
tangentially close to Gandhi, but then like... Gandhi didn't really have a squad. I think he was pretty on his own for his historical deeds. It's kind of hard. Uh, He had a group of people, but we in the West don't really know that much about them. Like, um, there was Nehru, there was Muhammad Ali Jinnah, a couple other people, but then partition happened, and yeah. I mean, we could definitely just have people's, like, whenever clone Gandhi says stuff like that, we could have people be like, no, that that doesn't seem right. That does not sound like the real Gandhi. Just to make it clear that whatever ridiculous antics this clone is getting up to, they're definitely not reflecting the real Gandhi. Well, the, uh, I think a lot of the humor is the juxtaposition between the historical figures and the teens that have to follow in their footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, probably the best thing to do is just to... Um, I think if you told Gandhi, the clone high character, that he wasn't the um, actual clone of Mahatma Gandhi, I think that clone as a character would feel an immense relief and like probably live out a pretty good life somewhere else. Oh, Gandhi character, you, you're such a bundle of issues. At least with Abraham Lincoln, it's just like... Hey, he's kind of indecisive, unlike the guy that he was cloned from. Also, did they ever mention that Abraham Lincoln, back when he was a young guy, used to, like, be a wrestler? I think they do have him in, like, a wrestling outfit, but um, that does ring a bell. It's been a while. I definitely could have watched all of this in, like, a single (laughs) night, but... um, didn't because this uh this particular reboot didn't exactly strike me until pretty late into it um let's see i think it is like slightly referenced but i think it's like also jfk being the jock was like better yeah uh then again i don't know much about wrestling but you would think that the really tall president would at least be able to like grapple the smaller president maybe i know very little about wrestling and (laughs) probably even less about presidents i do want to say though if this does get rebooted i think the probably the cleanest break is just to do it all over again without gandhi instead of trying to somehow fit him in yeah avoids all the problems that gandhi brings up so we would need to recreate all of the tropes of like your basic um you know teen drama with historical figures mm-hmm so let's see sans gandhi we got abe lincoln joan of arc uh jfk cleopatra and then some side characters include Genghis khan marie curie martin luther king and george washington carver julius caesar buddy holly uh, Moses, <laughs> yes, biblical Moses, <laughs> um, Vincent van Gogh, Catherine the Great, Harriet Tubman, Eva Perone, oh wow, um, Marie Antoinette, and Paul Revere. Huh. That's a real interesting mix of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you still want to have a party animal character, like, there's a lot of historical party animals out there anyway. Like, um, Taiho Brahe, he was a, a Danish astronomer, loved a ridiculously cr- crazy life. Like, he was kidnapped by his uncle when he was a baby. 
because reasons. That sounds logical. Yeah, that that checks out. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a whole thing with this one party where like he had a pet moose and the moose got drunk. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, he lost his nose. Uh, that's not a thing that you lose. What what happened? <laughs> um, okay, so in 1566, Taiho Brahe left to study at the University of Rostock. Here he studied with professors in medicine at the university's famous medical school and became interested in medical alchemy and botanical medicine. On December 29th, 1566, Taiho lost part of his nose in a sword duel with a fellow Danish nobleman, his third cousin, Mandarup Parsberg. The two had drunkenly quarreled over who was the superior <laughs> mathematician an engagement party at the home of Professor Lucas Bachmeister. Coming nearly to blows again on the 29th, they ended up resolving their feud in a duel in the dark. <laughs> the two, though the two were later reconciled, the duel resulted in Taiho losing the bridge of his nose and gaining a broad scar across his forehead. He received the best uh, possible care at the university and wore a prosthetic nose for the rest of his life. <laughs> well. <laughs> how to translate that into teen drama. <laughs> You're fighting over a girl. <laughs> Things got a little out of hand. And now Tahio Brahe doesn't have a nose. I guess. I mean like I think that um, it might be a little bit harder of a sell because immediately I could not place uh, a face to the name. But then again, that also could be a part of the comedy where, um, you know, maybe Tahoe like start saying his name and like whole deal and everybody's like, nope, don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the popular kids are A-list clones, like A-list historical figures. And then there's like, the Z the Z list historical figures that only got cloned because like some random scientist was a real big fan. <laughs> they were just available, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, I love Reginald Fassenden. <laughs> He's got radios. Uh, let's totally clone Christina of Sweden. Who? Yeah, the one girl king. Quite the lesbian, in fact. There has to be an episode where all the girls realize that their historical counterparts were probably extremely sapphic. <laughs> yep. Maybe uh, we could do that by actually having Sappho's. Yes. Sappho's one of the teachers, in fact. She's an older clone. No, have have Sappho's and Oscar Wilde. <laughs> and, and they're in charge of the, the gay-lesbian alliance. Yes. Yeah, honestly, I think we could definitely... This show wasn't too good with representation with a, a lot of uh, gay jokes. Uh, JFK's adoptive parents were uh, an interracial gay couple, but I think a lot of their, you know, showing them was definitely done for the comedy of it. At the time, it was a very... This was during the same time where the Clerks animated TV show was on primetime and definitely did openly use the f-slur Ooh, yikes it was a different time also andy dick is here so let's definitely like not have that again 
Oh yeah, he played Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, you can easily find a different guy to play Van Gogh. Yeah. Slightly more nuanced version of the guy. Oh, we could Taiho when when Tycho's complaining about losing his nose, <laughs> uh, Vincent Van Gogh can be like, "Um, I lost an ear." Like, you don't see me complaining that much. Self-inflicted. <laughs> An entire episode about, like, body image and everyone has mildly serious issues. And then Van Gogh is like, should, should I cut off my ear? My original cut off the ear? Should I cut off the ear? <laughs> oh, man. That would be great. And that would be, yeah. that definitely would lead into our new party animal always worried about things happening to the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Not the nose. Not the nose. Watch the nose. These are good catchphrases. <laughs> oh, also, I did some digging, and it did air on Teletoon, specifically the adult-oriented block Teletoon Unleashed. Ooh. Mm. Do you guys always name things that um, mildly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, I think that was also part of the whole 2000s everything has to be extreme phase. Well, yeah. I mean, like, there are a couple, like, one-off characters inside this series that actually go by extreme names. Spelled with an X to let you know that they they mean it. God damn it. <laughs> Cleopatra. A self-absorbed, vain, and often mean-spirited popular cheerleader. Oh, God. Cleopatra was way better than that in real life. All right. So who do you think we could be able to replace Cleopatra with that was vain? Elizabeth Bathory. (laughs) Potential serial killer, yeah, yeah. But then again, bathing in the blood of virgins is pretty goth. Yeah. So maybe as just like the very vain, stuck-up goth girl. Oh, oh, I know, I know. Okay, like I know that we got JFK, who's supposed to be like the arrogant, horny jock guy, but like... Why not throw in Louis the Fourteenth, who was a supremely vain man and jealous, and like believed that the like he literally called himself the Sun King. Well, I mean, you can't really. Maybe you can get a little bit like more vain than that, but like, you know, there's only so much I can do in a day. <laughs> yeah, like JFK is probably more of. The the clone version's probably gonna be more of just like your standard preppy jock guy, but like Louis the Fourteenth is the cunning and vicious alpha bitch. And petty too, because like okay, Louis had a younger brother named Philippe. Philippe was the Duke of Orleans. Philippe was hella gay, super effeminate, to the point that he would wear dresses and back in the sixteen hundreds that was quite a thing. Like not just the whole fact that you're a dude wearing dresses, like, we're wearing silks and lace and all that sort of stuff, so whatever. But it's, like, the whole getting into the dress, it was a it was a process, took several hours. But Philippe was also a really good soldier, like, a really good commander and all that, and he won several battles against the Dutch, and Louis just could not stand that at all. How dare my baby brother overshadow me? So yeah, after the Battle of Cassel, uh, Philippe was never allowed onto a battlefield again. Well. <laughs> like, yeah, he was the king of petty. If you fell out of favor with him and someone brought you up to him, he would be like, oh, it's so sad that we do not see him around here anymore. That is, yeah, that that pretty much is like, 
you know, proto shade. <laughs> you can throw a rock into a crowd of historical figures and easily hit a person who is super vain and super horny. <laughs> Yeah. That's why we remember them. <laughs> yeah, like, they're fun and all that, but at the same time, it's like, ooh, man, you are mean. You know, we don't necessarily need to swap Cleopatra out with anyone else. We could just give her some depth. Yeah. I mean, looking at the cast list, we could easily make her just as nuanced as Joan of Arc is. Yeah, like, real-life Cleopatra Seventh was a very interesting person. She was extremely learned. She was a diplomat, a naval commander, a linguist, a medical author. Like, despite the incredibly weird amount of incest that went on in her family, like, she turned out to be uh, utterly brilliant. Now, when you say weird amount of incest, do you mean a normal weird or historical weird? Even by historical standards, really weird. lot of... How did you not turn your family tree into a Bushella, Charles the Second of Spain situation. Yeah. Huh. Well, let's try not to make those branches pretzel. <laughs> so, uh, what I think we're missing here is a an older brother character that can be able to sit backwards on a chair and just be like, "Let's rap." <laughs> Someone who can just like tell them, you know. The moral of the story, if something happens, which I think it's definitely gonna do, and like they forget to wrap things up with a lesson. What if it's literally Aesop? It's <laughs> a good start. Do we want to do that? I think like it should be a literary person like Aesop or Shakespeare. I think, hmm, I do want to add like a level of irony to it. I mean, not as bad as, like, you know, Hitler. So, like, a person who never learned from their mistakes. How about Christopher Marlowe? I was gonna suggest General Custer. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. It worked for Night at the Museum. Yeah. Uh, Custer. You dumbass. Yeah. Also, another gag I just thought of. What if Shakespeare is a Shakespeare truther? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Have you heard of that whole conspiracy, Janine? Vaguely. Where it's like, Shakespeare couldn't have written Shakespeare's plays because he wasn't a noble and he wrote about the nobility too much. And so it must have been a noble secretly writing because they weren't allowed to publicly claim the ownership of those plays. And then also this secret noble was also a secret bastard child of the queen. Born of... Born out of Tudor incest, and so Shakespeare was a smokescreen to disguise a secret heir to the Tudor throne so that the British Empire could continue today. Well... How can, tu how can Falcon if not posh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta Basically. say that, that that definitely is the first time I've heard some like that detailed of it. I just basically, when I was like introduced, the idea was that Shakespeare was actually several writers in a trench coat. <laughs> I mean, I like that idea because that idea isn't trying to somehow like prop up the death of the British Empire as some great tragedy. <laughs> it's a complete farce. But yeah, if Shakespeare was like that, trying to get everybody to believe that so that, you know, 
the clone of Shakespeare would feel less pressure to produce anything. Besides, we could totally point out that Shakespeare was kind of like the Steven Spielberg of his day. I like, mean, that that's those are still pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not. I don't want to say Michael Bay. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, when you honestly think about it, like, yeah, his plays had a lot of very interesting intellectual stuff. There was some very art, very artistic amounts of poetry in there. Like, he displayed a great amount of intelligence if we go with the whole, like, Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare. Even if he didn't manage to get to university. Um, but at the same time, like, there is so many dick and fart jokes in there. So, like, Shakespeare was the Tyler Perry of that time. <laughs> diary of a mad scottish woman well we definitely have i I definitely brought this to the right crowd (laughs) just thinking about historical figures and just throwing them inside of a high school well i gotta use my history degree somehow (laughs) I'm glad I brought this one up then. Let's see, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan's always great for a fun time. Yeah. When he's not burning down cities entirely because the ruler was not kind to his diplomats the one time he actually tried diplomacy. Well, if the whole gag is that the clones are like kind of rebelling against their historical counterparts, what if Genghis Khan is trying to be like super posh and classy? <laughs> Yeah, what? Even if he's like not that good at it, because he has like, I don't know. There's just something in him that longs for blood and conquest. He gets that itch once in a while. It's like he, for one, instead of like having an army of horse riding Mongols, he's the captain of the polo team. (laughs) Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And then instead of like. Like, there can be a running gag where, like, someone makes him mad, and there'll be, like, Ride of the Valkyrie starts playing in the background, is, like, slow zooms on his face, and he's, like, he starts boiling with rage, and then it just cuts to him, and he's, like, I'm telling the teacher on you! <laughs> yes, I love it. What if we got Elizabeth I to be a punk? Yeah. Complete anarchy in the UK. Hell yes. <laughs> Oh my god, and then she could have, like, spiky red hair. Basically just cartoon versions of Vivian Westwood outfits. <laughs> mm. I think we're definitely getting somewhere now, just by going against type. Uh, uh, Marie Antoinette. Uh, unfortunately she gets painted with a whole, oh yeah, just like a stupid airhead who didn't care about the people. She actually did, but, you know, being locked away in Versailles, you don't know what the fuck's going on outside of it. She sounds like a Disney princess gone horribly wrong. Yeah. She becomes a social justice warrior. Hmm. Or maybe we just lean into one line a little bit too hard. (laughs) Let them eat cake. Yeah. What if we just, like, lean into that one just way too hard and she is just like, this home ex star. <laughs> well, she did want to be a milkmaid in the countryside, so we can make her into Martha Stewart. Yeah, and like completely doesn't get the entire context of Let Them Eat Cake. 
and like took it literally. Yeah, she did the bare minimum book report on herself. <laughs> I love it. Harriet Tubman is here, and I feel like that's going to end terribly no matter yeah. what we do. That's another one that we could probably find a different person for. Yeah, so stuff with the civil rights is maybe... I'm definitely, I not, don't want to be writing that. Yeah. As I look at my pasty-ass skin. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, let's look at Badass of the Week and see if there's any interesting people that we could totally adapt. Huh. Constance Mankiewicz. I might have to go to the Wikipedia page because the Badass of the Week page is a bit hard to read. And I am staring directly into the sun. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Constance Georgine Mankiewicz, also known as Countess Mankiewicz. Uh, she was born Gore Booth on February 4th, 1868, died July 15th, 1927, was an Irish politician, revolutionary, nationalist, suffragette, and socialist who served as Minister of Labor from 1929 to 1922. She took part in the Easter Rising of 1916 when Irish Republicans attempted to end British rule and establish an Irish Republic. Now, she sounds really cool. The problem with taking people from Badass of the Week is that we have to flip them and reverse them. Yeah. And so this chick would be an absolute slacker. Or we just lean in hard again into her being something of a badass. Yeah. The high school equivalent would be she's on, like, the field hockey team. I do love vicious field hockey girls. (laughs) I remember when we played field hockey in gym. That was a bloodbath. I managed to avoid that. <laughs> I took all. I was part of the most low key sports that I could be for gym. It was like uh, curling, frisbee, golf, <laughs> following a map. <laughs> Not at Cal High, no. It was like field hockey, football, rugby. We will run you into the ground. Sports is the only thing we've got. Wow. When um when I was in high school, a kid died of an asthma attack, and I had an inhaler on me, so they kept me out of doing any sports at all, out of fear that huh. I would die too. So Holy. I basically got a Jesus. free A and just got to sit down on the bleachers in my gym clothes every day. Nice. Yeah, way I to mean, go, dead kid. You got me here. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's... Thank God we never had that, but my my one high school was basically Lord of the Flies, so... Hmm. Well, Good thing I'm... no kids died when that bear showed up. <laughs> well, I'm glad that maybe none of y'all killed each other. Yeah. I might have spoke too soon. I'm sorry that you died well, in high school. <laughs> Let's go back to uh, my one high school, Couch and High, which was the oldest high school, oldest public high, high school in the area. Hadn't been updated in a fuck ton of time to the point that we still had asbestos as our insulation. Ooh, well, at least they painted it over with lead paint. Yeah. And um, so the thing about this area that I was living in, it was full of these super preppy, like, private schools, boarding schools, in fact. They had, like, all the academics going for them. Way more expensive than going to university. And then there's Cal High. 
The only thing going for us was that we had a really, really great sports program. Like, we were winning championships left, right, center, every sport you could think of. We had a reputation for also being some of the toughest people, especially our girls' rugby team. Ooh. That was fun. And they ended up creating, like, a subclass of gym just to teach rugby. Now, we had something similar uh, here for my high school because if uh, you have, you know, two eyes and two ears and are able to look at American media, you know that in Texas, it's all about high school football. Yeah. So, you know, barring that, anybody was free to do anything. Whatever you're on the team, you took physical education for two classes every year. Wow. Dang. It was a... We had a pretty good team. I even went to a couple of games. I don't know why. <laughs> it was deep in my goth phase, too. So it was like I was ironically going to a thing that I was actively <laughs> protesting. <laughs> Who the hell did I think I was? You were counter-counterculture. It just looped back around. I guess. <laughs> I wish I missed out on sporting events out of some kind of protest. I was just too lazy to go. And I'm gonna cards on the table. I was kind of a jock. You're still kind of a jock. Yeah, like I played varsity soccer for a bit. I actually got good grades in gym. <laughs> and my family, we actively watch a lot of sports and take part in sports. I won't actually pass up a chance to kick a ball around. Yeah, you. I just realized you do very much have a jock family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my dad and his brothers were big time jocks mixed in with being also the dukes of hazard pretty much it's great it's great apparently the cops had a pool on when my okay so whenever with this one cousin would get a new car the cops would be like how long before alan rolls it <laughs> i don't know how you get a reputation for that small town Okay. Yeah. Careful practice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for me, um, my parents were very artistic and weird people. My nice. father, I heard secondhand, would actually smoke weed with the art teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of um, tells you a little bit about my upbringing. Yeah. It was when my father st- sat me down to talk about drugs when he said, you do anything just don't do cocaine <laughs> that is very good advice yeah and you know what to this day i do pretty much anything but cocaine but you know it's it definitely sticks with you yeah. so tell your kids you do anything just just don't do cocaine it's just it'll lead you bad places yeah yeah and make sure you get your start with the art teacher <laughs> exactly because they've got the good shit probably i mean they would have to if they you know are teaching art to uh several jackass kids yeah and they probably know how to actually use it what's the good shit etc etc nauseam what if marie antoinette is selling pot brownies yes Ooh, i love that yes 
that could definitely be like the weed episode that ter- like starts off as a uh, just say no to drugs that turns into uh, legalize it. Yes, I love that. There's a lot of potential for this. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot. So this, I'm guessing this would still be a cartoon. It sounds like definitely. And it would would this be like a complete reboot, or would it just be like 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 you said, continuing right from where they left off? I think it would work a lot better if we just rebooted it entirely so that we don't have to deal with the history of Gandhi because if it's, you know, picks up from where it left off, there's always going to be those questions. Yeah. Yeah, you would have Gandhi kind of hanging around you like an albatross around your neck, and that's that's not great. And you could also end up, like, changing some of the adoptive parents so that they don't end up fitting a couple of you know really weird tropes like the gay parents for jfk or that the fact that joan of arc's uh, adoptive uh father was basically every single uh trope of the magical negro oh yeah why no. that just seems so random it does seem random and like it did like move plot points for a while and definitely his catchphrase was I may be blind but I can see and then whatever he says something is like a complete opposite of what the situation actually is. <laughs> it works for like a point but I wouldn't use it past like one joke. I can't like I don't think it would have been able to drag on much longer. Yeah. What if all the clones parents are like their fans? i could definitely see that but i could also definitely see like the clones parents are just people who didn't pass history class oh i like that too so like they present things that might be problematic to the real historic historical figures without any context i also like that yeah like maybe shakespeare's uh, adoptive father's like trying to push him into sports (laughs) (laughs) he's like fencing maybe but like not football. No, you gotta get into football. That's a man sport. Sure, Dad. I also noticed that Buddy Holly was there. Buddy Holly is interesting because he's rock and roll, but like the kind of the dawn of rock and roll, where it's a lot softer then than it was now. Yeah. So what if he's like an EDM artist? <laughs> Ooh, that's definitely going against type with staying inside the you know general same lane he can also have an inexplicable fear of planes yeah i love that (laughs) if they have to fly somewhere they have to drug him up real hard just to get him a baraka style just like drug his milk (laughs) (laughs) don't worry don't don't worry um amelia Earhart's flying it so (laughs) we should be fine amelia Earhart has no sense of direction how do they clone Amelia Earhart if they can't find her? I mean, like, they're cloning people who are uh, thousands of years old. It's a cartoon. You don't really have to... That's true. That's yeah. very true. Yeah, they don't even know exactly where Cleopatra's body is. Oh, they have Thomas Edison. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Thomas Edison had a rivalry with um, George Washington Carver. Oh, yeah, inventor buff. <laughs> yeah. We could have Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, if you could actually, like, have them inside their rivalry, or 
it turns out that their rivalry turns into a heated romance. <laughs> I hate you. I love you. I hate you. I love you. Mwah. Yeah. I would also like a gag that Nikola Tesla is the only person they couldn't clone because <laughs> he managed to completely incinerate himself. Because <laughs> that would be a very Tesla thing to do. <laughs> By complete accident. Yep. Or maybe it was on purpose. Ooh. Maybe. You don't know. <laughs> Not even God knows what Tesla was trying to do sometimes. <laughs> Like, there's still some theories that he might have been responsible for the Tunguska event. And I wouldn't put it past him either. Jesus Christos. A Latin version of Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Yeah, they they actually did clone Jesus Christ. And uh, had him as kind of like this really cool character who was a carpenter. Yeah. And, um, and a stoner. Nice. Yeah, it didn't really <laughs> cause that much of an upset. And kind of sounds pretty Jesus-like. Yeah. Yeah. I can dig that, Jesus. I think you might be able to have a Jesus character like that still and just come by and just, like, mention things that definitely were not in the Bible that he just kind of, like, talks about. He just completely makes up Bible verses. <laughs> no, like, he just, like, comes by and just and you just be like, you know what I always say, her body, her choice. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Yeah. Oh, God, they did have Hitler in here. Yeah. You know what? We could replace him with Stalin. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because Stalin is, for whatever reason, slightly funnier. I mean, you could definitely have a lot of historically very bad figures and then just have them as just easy throwaway enemies. Yeah. Young Stalin might have been an informant to various... Um, czarist officials back when he was starting out as a young bank robbing thug rebel so maybe he's secretly the weasel of the school mm. maybe margaret thatcher tries to bust up all the parties <laughs> <laughs> she's class president but is such a stick in the mud is there anything else we can think of to add to clone high before we wrap up honestly i think that we probably could just um keep on going but it'll just be like a lot of like long pauses while we just sit in silence until one of us pops up and be like oh what about this historical figure like i think that's like an entire afternoon and might not be good for listening but definitely yeah. possible Mm-hmm. um so we're going to take a moment to have an awkward pause and think of more historical figures. And while we do that, uh, you guys can listen to one of our friendship promos. Welcome to Interstitial, a Kingdom Hearts-inspired actual play podcast. Playing a game called Interstitial. Our hearts intertwined. I'm Riley, and I'll be GMing this disaster. Names. What are your names? I didn't even ask. What are your names? Uh, I'm Edith. Hi. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Marsh. I descend in the Bugatti and say, I am the mind freak. <laughs> There's our dad. <laughs> our dad's back. Sounds like you want to force a change of location for Mr. America. I do, but I did read the first option is take something from them. So I am going to take Captain yep. America's shield. 
<laughs> yep. If your if your question is ever, can I do some bullshit? My answer is always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know who this is. His name is Squall. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> hey there, Squall. He flinches. <laughs> But it has a nobody symbol across its chest. This is like, the worst thing you've ever done. Oh no! This is the worst thing you've ever done. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think you're giving Chris Angel enough credit. He's a good guy. He's doing his best. Is that a sentence you ever thought you would say? So I definitely already know Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh yeah. All right. So we're we're back from the friend promo. And what if Hitler is just the art student and he's doing weed with the art teacher? <laughs> it still ain't good art. I mean, I, I definitely want to see what, like, the pressures of him, like, being bullied for his, um, you know, clone father went through and, like, put everybody else through, so... That might be something, but I also don't immediately want to sympathize with Hitler. Yeah, I'd rather it just be a a one-off gag. Yeah, a background gag. You see him in the art class. Have a joke about how he struggles with (laughs) art. And that's it. Yeah, You you know what, that's enough. Just have that that once off and then it's just just done. One joke and that's the maximum Hitler capacity. Yep. But have him dressed like Richard Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (coughs) Tanner, don't die on me. No, I'm living. Rats spoiled again. (laughs) I think think we've reached the end of the line here. Uh, Janine, where can you be found on the internet? Well, you could find me over at my podcast at Down to Friend. Uh, that's the Twitter handle of it. The actual podcast is called Down to Friend. You could be able to find it most places you get your podcast. And my personal Twitter handle is at the Rummy J. You can go there, but be warned: sometimes I talk about my dingle dangle. You know what? That's honesty right there. Yeah, I mean, like. I'm trans. I have experiences. I like to share them. Sometimes they involve stuff on me that is um, pretty intimate to be talking about openly, but I am uh, very open to talk about a lot of stuff. That's why I kind of like made a podcast centered around it. I mean, not, you know, it, but like um, sharing openly and having open discussion. Not not my dingle dangle. I didn't make that. <laughs> Although you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna table that for now. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Tanner, where can people find you? Uh, you can. F- oh, no, you're supposed to go first. Oh, okay. Um, hi. We can't this... break the order, Lindsay. Okay, Lindsay, where people can find you? Um, I'm at Lindsay M four seven six on Twitter. You can get to the rest of my social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart. Uh, I don't talk about my dingle dangle, probably just because my dad follows me on Twitter. <laughs> That's completely weird. Yeah, I I might be making a private account just so I can be horny, depressed, and financially irresponsible on Maine. 
<laughs> can't do that on Tumblr anymore. That's yeah. true. Um, we're on Twitter. Also, I have an Instagram. Sparky, I'm upstart. Are you gonna and pronounce? Are you gonna pronounce it? I am gonna pronounce it. Okay. The podcast itself. It's found at n i i r y f pod on Twitter. And those are the letters for not if I reboot you first. And it is pronounced Nyarif. <laughs> I don't know I... why I love that. It's like a terrible sound. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find this podcast on Instagram at not if I reboot you first. It's all one word. The hashtag is N-I-I-R-Y-F, also pronounced Nyarf. And if you want to email us, you can send us something at notifireboot at gmail.com. You can send comments, criticisms, critiques, your own favorite historical figure and how you think they would be as a shitty teen. <laughs> also, if you'd like to guest, you can let us know. We love having guests on because, as you saw today, was a very fun recording session. It's going to make for a very good episode. Well, I do take that as a compliment, and I take all the credit for that. Yes, it is 100% thanks to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being present to witness me. <laughs> In all your glory. So, so yes, if, if you'd like to be a guest like the wonderful Janine, let us know. We'll find a time. Don't tell us your topic, but give us a hint because we love being surprised. Yeah, and speaking of hints, Tanner, do you have one for next week? I, I kind of do, because uh, next week is also going to be a guest, and okay. he did not have a chance to send us a hint yet. I might be adding it in post. Update. We've received the hint in the form of a haiku. Never change, Benny. <clears throat> Eco-warrior, riding upon a red fox, helps children grow wise. Um, also, don't forget to rate and review us, like the way we always forget to ask people to rate and review us. Yeah. Yeah. The... The iTunes algorithm is a strange and arcane place that we do not understand. Yep. I'm trying to come up with more cosmic horror shit for <laughs> for <laughs> podcast catchers. You, you stare into the abyss of Apple Podcasts and it starts to stare back. <laughs> uh, it is a great slithering... Ugh, fuck. It's a chamber of secrets. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Ruled over by that uh, shadowy council like the one that's in charge of Clone High. Yeah, there's a place that you can go to and it's never very far. Famous <laughs> people you can live through if you don't know who you are. Why there's so much up to live to. Expectations are so high. I'm not crying, it's my contact. There must be something in my eye. You all must watch <laughs> excuse me <laughs> i almost thought i killed you there i'll have to try harder next time uh, i've been dying for the past week okay. it's fine <laughs>